Russian code in your apps, Microsoft Office vulnerabilities, and CarPlay. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by the Mac Voices Dispatch, our weekly newsletter to keep you up on all the latest from Mac Voices. Watch or listen to Mac Voices straight from your email client. Sign up at macvoices.com slash newsletter and stay up to date. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this Mac Voices Live panel starts this part of the discussion looking at the report that there is Russian code running in not only Army apps, U.S. Army apps, but also maybe in your apps. Then we move on to a discussion of vulnerabilities in Microsoft Office and why you should be aware of them and more. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. The next one, I'm going to throw up Jeff Butts. There's an article by Jeff on the Mac Observer, um, but you also probably have seen it around other places, where um, a U.S. Army iOS app was found to contain code developed in Russia. And then Jim was kind enough to give us an article, and I will throw that in here as soon as I can find it, um, following up on that about, I guess, was Jim was at the... It's it's push whoosh that that got I guess published this statement. Um, Correct. They they I were found the, it on. Were, I found it the on ones, their website. Yeah, they were the ones that were I guess the the centerpiece of the story. And so I'm Jim. I want to ask you from a developer's perspective. I mean, is this something the army dropped the ball on, or is this completely understandable? And we're all running Russian code in in our iOS apps. Um, you probably are all running Russian code. Um, it's not clear if Pushwush includes Russian code or not. Um, they're saying, well, we used to have a subcontractor in Russia, but we haven't had them for three years. Um, I mean, the... Reuters article, which is where Mac Observer got it from, you know, made it sound like the KGB is infiltrating, you know, people's mm-hmm. apps, which maybe they are. <laughs> but I, you know, or we want to. I don't see any evidence of that. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, there's programmers in in Russia, and until. You know, a year ago, Russia was more or less part of the world global economy. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that's a, a inexpensive place to get uh, developers. Um, you know, Pushwish says, well, you know, we're an American company. Here's our Delaware, you know, thing. And, yeah, we have all kinds of international you know, outsourcing that we do. And they listed like 15 countries where they've had work done. You know, sort of the bigger issue is, so apparently this is a third party library that other developers can uh, buy. Uh, Not so much access, but, you know, you can you can say, oh, I want this feature in my app. 
Um, and I believe this is to, for push notifications. And so, you know, they've got some system for doing push notifications. And, and so they're telling developers, you know, don't build your own and you've got better things to do, you know, just pay us and, and we'll, you know, and I didn't get into all the details, but there's a lot of stuff like that that happens in apps where um, app companies will be like, oh, yeah, let's, you know, and, and you know, some of it's paid. This apparently is a paid thing. Um, and then there's a lot of open source of stuff, too. I, I had assumed originally that that's what they were talking about, but apparently not in this case. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there's lots of open source code that, uh, you know, who knows where it comes from. And, you know, and also what does that mean? You know, like, oh, well, somebody in Russia wrote these three lines of code or they wrote 500 lines. Nobody's tracking that. And on the server side, um, <clears throat> you know, a big thing on the server is uh, node.js, um, which is the system that's all built on all kinds of in interdependencies and, one of the things about that is nobody's vetting that. And, you know, people build in these server apps that have hundreds of dependencies. And this depends on this, depends on this. And people have no idea what's running on their server. And so far, it hasn't caused, as far as we know, a huge disaster. But it just seems like it's, it's something that's, you know, at some point, there's going to be a story of some huge... You know, maybe uh, breach or a you know failure or something because because there because there was an incident a couple of years ago and maybe longer than that now where somebody <laughs> the person who had originally written some low level component that is used by tens of thousands at least of servers and the person that wrote it. Like they wrote it 10 years ago or something and moved on and just sort of, you know, abandoned it. But all these, mm -hmm. it's used everywhere. And somebody else came along and took it over and put something malicious in it. And then the way that node system is set up, they just, you know, pushed that up. And all of a sudden it was incorporated in thousands of servers. And, you know, was found out after the fact. So we have kind of a fragile system that nobody, you know, everybody just wants to ignore because it's so convenient. So I'm like not Google. too sure about this this particular um, story. It's it's kind of weirdly sourced. So, I, you know, it, it doesn't sound like, it, certainly the story makes it sound like the U.S. Army was targeted by Russians. And I don't think the details of the story could possibly bear that out. Um, no, they don't. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I when I looked at this, I saw this. I mean, I, I could understand why it would be a concern, especially the way the world has gone in the last year or so. But at the same time, I use a number of different third-party plugins to produce the show. Okay. Um, any of those could be running Russian code. Oh my God. You know, um, I have no idea where they came from. I know I bought them uh, in good faith and they do what I think they should do. And I don't know if they're doing something in the background. I'm not aware of it. Um, David, you, I'm sure you've probably had experience with um, PowerPoint files 
that have malware embedded and are, are part of the deal. And so, you know, and uh, was it Handbrake a while Power back? Power files can have code in them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they can have all kinds of things in them. Oh, yeah. Mac- macros, yeah. I mean, mm. do, we, do we block PowerPoint, our Power Word, and back? Excel? Yeah. Oh, Excel. Keynote doesn't. Keynote doesn't do that, right? You can attach all kinds of crazy crap to Keynote can, files. Yeah, you can put JavaScript in Keynote files now. Mm-hmm. And do what with it? Take well, I guess pick. that depends on how clever you are. <laughs> I, I mean, if you run it, if it's like if it's like an access anything outside, it's it puts up all these annoying, you know, do you really want to do this? Kind of makes it almost useless to use for for real things. But that's not going to stop people with nefarious intent. Slow them down. It'll stop them from pawning me. Well, you, yeah. But you're not people. Yeah, well, that's all I care you. about. I mean, that's all I care about. <laughs> well, David and I are in a different boat on the other it's side of the s- water waving <laughs> at you. No, no, no. As it's we not explain gonna to end users that you don't just click OK on things. It's not yeah. going to, it's not going to hit, you know. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Well, well but, I mean, let's just make it but, yeah, I mean, yeah. David, maybe that's the discussion we need to have because maybe folks aren't aware that PowerPoint um, yeah. is is a is a big deal when it comes to uh, a malware delivery system. Well, office files, like it doesn't it doesn't have yeah. to be PowerPoint. Yeah, because lots of people do lots of work with Microsoft apps and expect to get a Word file attachment, an Excel file attachment, and open it up and don't think twice because it says it's Excel. And the next thing you know, you know, I'm getting an alert from telemetry and sending an email as they're, you know, like they get an email from me as they're calling me going, all I did was open this Excel file and like everything's weird now. And yeah, so. Don't don't open attachments. By the way, Kelly posted know. a link to an XKCD comment, which was in my head as I was making my comments, but I <laughs> in no way could come up with the actual URL. And that time frame. So kudos, Kelly and Chuck. You might want to copy that over into the uh, the YouTube link because that that is a classic XKCD about about uh, that situation. It's, it's mm-hmm. in my my URL history in my browser <laughs> because there are like three of them at XKCD that I reference regularly for people, and this is one. Um, and there is an attachment. It, it is one that, that I see over and over and over and over. Say again, guy. Sorry. Yeah, there is an attachment with it, but don't worry about it. It's totally safe. That's <laughs> right. At some point, I would really like Chuck um, if we can have like a, a basic sort of office security discussion because, like, my standpoint because I give presentations to clients regularly about security, and my baseline that I give everybody is be ten percent skeptical of every single message. So if I'm talking to David and I go, David, I have this th- this PDF I'm going to send you that is, uh, you know, CarPlay had this list of CarPlay head units that I'm looking at. And then later, David gets an email that has my name on it and my email address. And it says, here's that list I was going to send you. And there's a PDF attached <laughs> called CarPlay head units for Kelly at that point, he should be 10% skeptical. It should only go up from there. So if I told him it was coming and it all looks legit and he looks at it, he should still be like, okay, maybe. So yeah, it's very much um, 
I like to use Mad Eye Moody as a good example here from Harry Potter. Constant <laughs> vigilance. Yeah. Constant well, vigilance. Yeah. That's I try to true. keep my slides entertaining because security can be boring <laughs> and intimidating. And to go back to our earlier topic, it is not sexy in any way. I don't care who you get to give the presentation. Jason Momoa up there with no shirt on is not going to make people interested in security any more than having me do it. But they'll with stay the shirt through on. the presentation. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, like, it's never it, it's never fun. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's not interesting. And so I try to make sure that my my virus-free slides are interesting. And so I use <laughs> examples like Mad-Eye Moody and passwords are like underpants. You should not reuse them and you should not be sharing them with other people. You know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, Kelly, there, you, you I, have to have Wait, one. I'm not supposed to share my underpants? Here we go. Once Any, again, you've been going uh, to the wrong parties. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's um, a general rule. Yeah. There are always asterisks. You know that. Yeah, you, you of all people know that. Kelly, you left out oh, one yes. important one important point about security, and that is it's inconvenient. And oh no, that, I know I, that. And, and oh, I know you know that, but I feel <laughs> well, like that is I, the biggest reason that people don't pay attention to it because it or don't do the things they should do. Well, I think the biggest reason is because if anyone has ever tried to ask somebody about security, a lot of times you get an answer of like, you know, or somebody starts rattling off what it is they actually know about security, which isn't necessarily the level you're at. You know, they're they're talking up here and you're down here like I just like I'm just trying to get you to tell me why I should have two factor, you know, or what it is, you know, and and somebody's over here talking about all kinds of, you know, malware and things that you need to worry about. And so it's hard to be approachable. And when you don't know what you don't know, it's really hard to start and feel like you're even asking the right questions. So that's part of what my what my talk has in it, because the weakest link is always people. And there's a trade off. You know, um, if you have an email address, you're going to have to connect to a network to get that email. So you are introducing a certain amount of risk, just like every time you get in the car, there's a certain amount of risk. Every time you stay in bed, there's a certain amount of risk. Every time you don't stay in bed, certain amount of risk. And you just have to figure out where those trade-offs can be made. So, yeah. 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 Apparently, um, if you're a Twitter user, then you should not have two-factor authentication. SMS two-factor. The other one works because mine still For works. Now. I use an app. Well, yeah, For I now. use an app, but yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, he, hasn't, some, he hasn't gotten to that one yet. What did I uh, miss, Jim? Uh, you know, Elon's like turning things off. Like we don't need these microservices. He's and, running around chewing on the power cables. And, yeah, uh, and uh, things are breaking. So apparently they turned wrong. off the thing for two-factor. So if you have a two-factor authentication SMS for your Twitter account, you can't log on anymore. Oh, that's exciting. Because they won't send you the message. It's a Yeah, it's a two-part process. And the part that triggers what sends you the SMS is one of the things that got turned off. Elon says that's turned back on, but you know, there's totally a track record him. here. So, yeah. Hmm. I missed that one. I didn't, I guess I was, you know, doing something it, this stuff is just flying by and it's, you, you know, can't keep up with all of it or you I, don't I, want to, you, know, you wouldn't have a job. We, I mean, we need a, we need a, you know, twit voices. <laughs> 
please no. There's no point in spinning that one up because uh, my my guess is that before Christmas, uh, going to Twitter.com will give you a 404. So we just there won't be a show on Thursday. I was going to say, like, Thanksgiving might be a much more realistic assessment there. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not it continues to move to Atlanta till Christmas time is a different story. Uh, Atlanta. 404 is the Atlanta area code. Oh. (laughs) That used to be an old web term for, like, when your website fell over and somebody tried to load it and it would 404. Yeah, it went to Atlanta. Oh, I know what 404 is. My website went to Atlanta. But it doesn't have anything to do with it. I've never heard anybody say say that. Once again, yeah. again, you're going, going to, to the, wrong, the parties. wrong parties. Yeah, well, Jim, I've been the same party with you in that case because I've not never heard that phrase. I just smile and nod my head. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man with a cat in his lap. Yes, it was not my idea. And the cat heard me and shook its head. It was okay. the cat's idea. We all know that. Yeah. Um. Kelly, you wanted to bring up um, something you're in the market for. Yes. Um, It has come to my attention that uh, the 2012 Outback, which I currently drive, I am apparently going to continue to drive until the wheels fall off. And that means instead of just continuing to hold out as if there may be a different automobile in my future, um, maybe I should spend a little money on a third-party CarPlay unit. And so I wanted to take a poll and see if anybody here had done that. And if there's one you like or do not or anything along those lines, because I'm interested. Where and I also would like to through? not spend a shocking amount of money. Like, I do not want there to be a comma in the price. Let's put it that way. You can get oh. you can get CarPlay units for three hundred dollars and less now. Wow, really? OK. Yeah. Go to crutchfield.com. Uh, you, you just well, yeah. you took you just the words right out of my mind. I, went, I just went to that site. <laughs> so, Kelly, the reason you want to yeah. go to Crutchfield is because they handhold you through the process. Yep. Okay. You, you say, here's what kind of car I have. Uh, the year. Here it is. And then. Options. Uh, yeah, and then they and then they say, okay, so here are the five car play heads that that will work in your car, and okay. here's the the adapter harness you need so that all the features that are already in your car continue to uh-huh. work. Like if there's okay. buttons on the steering wheel and and stuff. Oh, there are buttons on the steering wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then what uh, what finish bezel do you need to go with the with the head unit so it fits mm-hmm. and looks good in your dash? And then it's like, okay, and for like. whatever you're you're out the door with the whole package and when it shows up you've got everything you need including the instructions on how to install it in your car and then you go someplace where they actually know what they're doing and have them do it for you yes that was my next question is does crutch also come with you call this this is who you call to come do it when it gets there (laughs) no it doesn't come with that but I mean, everything you need to have someone uh, install mm-hmm. this—it's right sometimes, there. Sometimes, sometimes the even even uh, the tools. Oh, or counter proposal. You publish video of Mr. Kelly swearing on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Web Web yeah. in the chat room says um, he has the Alpine. What is it? ILX F309 is the one he purchased. 
Okay. Um, I just I just searched it for you and my, like is good. That makes me good my stuff. ten seconds of searching for what fits in the the Subaru is it's a two din, so it's like double height. Yes. Um, yeah, and there's no backup camera or infotainment system or any of that kind of stuff. Um, it's not fancy. There are steering wheel buttons, and that's it. So I don't have to worry about um, hooking up a bunch of it, a bunch of other fiddly stuff. At least not that so, came with the car. So. so the adapter harness that you would buy for your car won't have as many wires as the one that I will have to buy when I get one for my Prius. <laughs> All right. The Alpine's looks, I'm I'm looking I'm trying to find the one web here, but it looks like I'm not sure how old that is web. Um that may be you know a little bit older because they're now a bunch of similar uh, names, just the numbers are, are a little higher. I and mean, if anyone are, else in the chat has purchased one and can tell me if they like it or do not, I would like to know that too. Yeah. Um I mean I know I've for a while a while back, um I had pioneers. And they mm-hmm. were yeah. always very, very good to me. Yeah. I had Man. a Pioneer. The first one I installed was a Pioneer. And then I think I had another Pioneer and like a couple of Alpines through the years as I was as I was doing them. Like that first Pioneer was a tape deck. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Most, I mean, most of the things, it's interesting here. There are only a couple names that I don't recognize. Otherwise, you know, it, maybe mm-hmm. just the, the world has shaken them all out. And you know, I just cheap, put a link in over at YouTube for a JVC unit that's like 300 bucks. Yeah, I see that one there too. Yeah. Um, PT. Guy, I don't think it went in the chat. Um, throw it into our private and I'll copy it over. I have tried to put links in our chat before and it has been not a happy experience. It won't let me do it. I cannot put a link in. There's the JVC. Okay. Is everything a DVD player and a touchscreen now? Because every one of these that I'm looking at on the Crutchfield site says DVD receiver on it. <laughs> do, you, do you need a CD player or a DVD player? I do not need a DVD player. There's, uh, there is a CD player in it now that I don't really use. So. Okay, well then just get one that doesn't have it. Who cares? Yeah. Or it may be that, I don't know, that that may limit uh, her her options. Not necessarily. Just... I mean, because let's, uh, uh, unless you're like a, a an audiophile, you're not listening to CDs anymore. You're not listening to, to DVDs. All you're doing is bringing it up in through whatever music service that you're subscribed to and playing it there or playing it through the the stuff that you've already purchased that you have in Apple music or one of the other services. So having a, a, a CD player with a, a custom built playlist and all the rest of that is just not a thing anymore for 99% yeah. of the people I mean, out there. The, there is, I'm, I'm reasonably certain there is a CD in the CD player and it's a CD I made full of MP3s because the CD player will read it. This Mac Voices panel is back in the final edition of this Mac Voices live discussion to finish up the conversation about CarPlay and the options for adding it aftermarket in your car or in Jeff's car or in Kelby's car, in any car. That's next time on Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us. Until then, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching.
Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.